Well, friends, as we continue on in our service, we're going to take some time and look at God's word. But before we do that, I need a little bit of help. I'm looking out there and I'm hearing a lot of little voices out there. And so here's what I'm wondering. What do you want for Christmas this year? And so if you know what you want, that present that you want more than anything else, and you're under, let's say, eight, yeah, you're under 20. Yell out what it is that you want. You ready? One, two, three. Red Ryder BB gun. I, I've seen that somewhere before. That was an adult. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind a Red Ryder BB gun. Sorry, Lee, you'll shoot your eye out. Uh, no, I remember there is uh, in our family one story that every time around Christmas, it comes up year after year after year. And it all has to do with the Christmas gift. My mom's not here, but uh, she told me she'd be watching online, and so I know already she knows the story that I'm about to tell. See, uh, that year, my mom had gone out, and she had gone to this place called Glamour Shots. Anybody remember that? It's, the, it's this place where you go, and they put like a ton of makeup on you, and your hair goes 10 miles high, and you know they fuzz out the edges so that you look like an 80s supermodel. Okay, and uh, one year my mom went out and had these pictures for glamour shots done. And at that same year, I was hoping more than anything else to get a laptop for Christmas. Well, lo and behold, the time comes to unwrap the presents and this package comes my way and it oddly looks like a laptop. I get super excited. I pull back the paper and it's a picture of my mom from glamour shots. (laughs) What came out of my mouth next? will forever prove my ability to stick my foot in my mouth. And I have apologized 10,000 times for these next words, but what came out was, Mom, I'm sorry, glamour shots can only do so much. (laughs) I was like, Mom, I mean, now to defend myself, this was like at six in the morning because all the kids got us up, but there's lots of excuses I could make. But at the end of the day, the reality is in each of our lives, there are times that things come our way where we might receive a gift and we don't even know how badly we need it. Or, or sometimes we receive a gift and we don't understand the significance and the power of what's just been given to us. And friends, if that is true anywhere, It's true as we come together tonight and remember and celebrate Christmas. If you're just joining us tonight, we are coming uh, to the completion of a series that we've been looking at through the book of Matthew called Behold the King, where we're looking at uh, who Jesus is, that he is the unrivaled, unmatched king over all things. And today, what what, what I want to do is I actually want to pivot over to John's gospel and show you this beautiful statement of what John tells us about the way in which Christmas radically changes every dimension of our life. Uh, We find that in John chapter 1, verse 14, and here's what we're told. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. I love it. Such, Such powerful profound words. And what Jesus is doing is he's pointing us to what I believe is a central reality, the central mystery of what Christmas is all about. That in Christmas, Jesus gives us the present of his presence. That what Jesus does on Christmas is he so radically invites us to see that the deepest need that we have in the human heart is the need for relationship with him. And Jesus tells us everything, both about what he's like and what God's like. 
And he reminds us that he is the king who meets us where we are. John opens up here in verse 14 by telling us, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. It's actually a continuation of some words that John's been speaking in his gospel. When he reminds us at the opening words of that gospel, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's making the unashamed claim that before the foundations of the earth, Jesus was the unmatched, unrivaled God of the universe, a member of the holy Godhead. When the farthest corners of the universe were flung into being, the reach of Jesus' grasp extended even further. And yet, God does this beautiful thing, purely existing in community, purely existing in this relationship. He gathers a lump of dust from the earth, and he forms Adam and Eve, and he breathes into them the breath of life. Everything looked beautiful and perfect until one day Adam and Eve, in an act of cosmic treason, radically turn their back on God and say, we'd rather do life our way and on our terms. And even when Jesus came, we in our humanity miss the significance of this gift. John goes on to tell us in John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, that he was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people didn't receive him. From the beginning of the world, God came to draw humanity to himself. And though he is the eternal existing word, we find this beautiful side-by-side mystery that the word became flesh. That the one who existed beyond the corners of the universe now found himself in a cramped manger, wet and cold on that Christmas morn. You know, the reality was popular expectations of that day uh, were anything but what uh, they found in a manger. You know, popular Jewish tradition and belief at that time looked forward to the coming of a mighty military ruler, perhaps like Rambo, who in a brutal and military bloodbath would once and for all overthrow those who opposed Israel and would finally put Rome in her place. But instead what they found was a baby born in a manger. And I wonder how it must have been to look and to say, Jesus, this is your plan? God, this is your plan? A baby in a manger? To overthrow one of the greatest powers that the world has ever known, let alone the brokenness of the human condition? Because we can talk about the darkness of that day 2,000 years ago, but let's be honest. The pain of the human condition extends even into our own lives. You know, for a great many of us, the reality is Christmas is both full of celebration and difficulty. It's the time where we so keenly remember the loss of loved ones, the pain of dreams that have been shattered, places where we thought we would be by this time of year. And yet, what we find in the beauty of this baby born in a manger is this beautiful declaration of what God is like. Because notice the way Jesus does this. It says that the word became flesh and he dwelled among us. This word to dwell is fascinating. It literally means to tabernacle. I love the way one paraphrase puts it. It's he moved into our neighborhood. And the promise that we find in that moment is that God is the God who doesn't stand apart from human pain and suffering. But he has come to shine the light of his joy and his grace precisely in the places 
where life doesn't make sense. And I think what that first Christmas invites us to ask is simply this, what are we seeking this Christmas? Is Christmas all about the warmth and the good memories? Is Christmas all about presents and celebrations? Or is Christmas about the humble recognition that God, seeing the complete and total inability of humanity to be right with him, sends his son to us? Today, are we willing to receive that gift? Are we willing to receive the gift that Jesus has come to bring? Because here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus tells us something beautiful. Jesus tells us what God is like. Notice what John goes on to say, and we've seen his glory. Glory is of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. If you've been around fellowship for a while, you know that this word glory is, is one of my favorites in the Hebrew. It's the Hebrew word kavod. And it's used to describe the presence of God as it rested above the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. It's used to describe the beauty and the power of God made manifest in the presence of his people. In fact, the word glory itself means manifested presence. It's a way in which uh, some unspeakable reality has been made visible and real in front of us. And here's what John says. We've seen that glory. We've seen a glimmer of what God is like because Jesus is the ultimate revelation of the Father. He's the revelation of everything that God is about. And listen to what he says. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I love that. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Think about those two realities. Such a profound statement. On one hand, he is a God full of grace. I love this reality that part of the mystery of who God is, is that he is a God who meets us precisely in the midst of our brokenness. You know, on on Christmas celebrations like this, I've had dear friends who have come into church and they've said, you know, Ryan, I'm coming at Christmas, but I'm coming because I have to. You know, I'm afraid that the second I walk in the doors, the Christmas lights around my house are going to catch on fire or something, you know, like, or the walls of the church will somehow open up and a lightning bolt is going to strike me in the rear end because of where I've been and what my story's like. And what I want to say in that moment is great. Welcome to the club. Because the reality is if it was all about our ability to be right with God in our own power, none of us are worthy of being here. But the rich and beautiful mystery of the gospel is that God is a God of grace. That Jesus, seeing humanity's total inability to be right with him at Christmas, comes to us. And at the same time, he's a God of truth. I love this word for truth in the Greek because it speaks not only to the rightness of a thing, but its dependability. It speaks to the fact that the one who has started this work of transformation in and through our lives will also be willing and faithful to bring it to completion. One of the beautiful mysteries of the gospel is what this tells us about God. I love the way Paul puts it in Romans when he says that at the right time, God sent his son as a sacrifice for you and I so that he might be both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ Jesus. God found a way through the brokenness of the human condition to meet us where we are. And in the sacrifice of Christ draws us into this new relationship with himself. And it is in this mystery of a God who reveals himself both as a God of infinite grace and a God of ultimate faithfulness, we find the mystery 
of this thing that we call good news, the gospel that we come together to remember and celebrate this Christmas day. You know, tonight, I think one of the very real questions that we have to wrestle with is simply this. Where is Jesus offering me the present of his presence this Christmas Eve? Maybe you're here today and receiving that gift is acknowledging for the first time that he really is the king, that he really came, not just for the whole world, but for you. To acknowledge that he's the king who's willing to leave the 99 to pursue a right relationship bring you into transformation and joy and life with him. Will you hear him today? Or maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what, this Christmas, I need to acknowledge that the gift of what God has come to bring is the gift of what I need. That though life doesn't make sense, those circumstances have gone radically sideways against the dark background of the human condition and the brokenness that seems so real in our world, we defiantly cling to the hope that he's good, that he's faithful, and that he's here. This Christmas, what if God would use us as his glamour shots? What if the way in which God continues to reveal his glory in our hearts and lives is through each of us. You know, tonight, we wrap up this Advent wreath by lighting the middle candle, the candle that represents Christ and the celebration of Christmas. And in the lighting of this candle, we remember that Christ has come. And the light of that presence the light of that goodness stand against the backdrop of the darkness of this world. And as the word says, the darkness has been overcome by the light. And darkness can't overcome the presence of God in and through our lives. You know, here in a few moments, uh, I'm going to invite some of our students to come forward. And we're going to do something that churches often do. Uh, they're going to take candles and uh, we're going to pass out the light around the room. Have you ever stopped to ask, why in the world do we do that? You might say, well, because we get to light stuff on fire. Yes, I know that. But apart from lighting stuff on fire, what we do is we, as we pass that light around the room, is we make a statement that this light that has come in Christ is given to each of us. And it's an invitation to take that light into a lost and broken world. As we hold that light, we remember that the light has, shine, has shined into our darkness. And we defiantly cling to the promise that nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in that light, we remember the call that it's a light that we're to take to a dark and weary world. And to declare again the beautiful mystery that God gives us the gift of his presence in Christ Jesus. And it's in that hope and it's in that mystery we go back again and again to that Bethlehem night. And remember, he's here. He's good. 
He's changing our lives. Let's pray. So Lord Jesus, Lord, we, we don't want to be simply observers of Christmas. We want to be participants. We don't want to be guilty of celebrating you and never inviting you to the party. Jesus, we pray that tonight, as we come to this celebration of Christmas, that you would light our hearts on fire again with hope. That you would grant to us the tenacious confidence that you are with us. And you are faithful. And you are good. Jesus, we love you. And we pray that you would continue to fill us, transform us, and renew us all the days of our life. To the glory of your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite the students to come forward. And they're going to help distribute the light to the group. <laughs>